Hello and welcome to another episode of What in the World with me, Ollie Dennett. Wherever you are listening, wherever you're tuning in, thank you so much wherever you are. If this is one of the first podcasts you've listened to of mine, why not check out the others? In the last episode, episode 6, I spoke with Abby Thompson where we discussed everything about the energy and the atmosphere and the vibe that the television industry has as well as behind the scenes of the industry. Not only do I find out what it's like to work for these massive national companies on a global scale, traveling different countries, but also what it's like to work with other celebrities. It's just like people coming up to you and asking questions, but I'm like stood with the presenter while the presenter's getting like autographs and photos. And they're like, they then come up to me and like, can we have your autograph? They've all come from news round and kids um, background, like kids TV backgrounds. So on tour with us, there's been Martin Dugan from news round, Shanika Paris from news round, and Robin Richford, um, who's on ITV Scrambled, and she like fills in on Radio One on like bank holidays and stuff. Yeah, like at this point, like we're best mates really. In addition to speaking with Abby, I also spoke with Cameron Knowles manager of the Liars Club in Manchester about different challenges that arise from being in a senior position in a big company, but how important the service to customers actually are. We're a party bar. We drink more than the customers do. It's all about fun. You know, you go into certain bars and it's like, oh, you right, mate. Yeah, here you go. Nice one. Cheers. In a bit. It's like that's that's not what you get with us. You get you get an interaction. Myself especially take the time to sort of interact with customers and get to know our clientele and stuff like that. And like I said, you know, seventy percent of the, the people we get through the door are regulars. If this is something that you haven't listened to yet, feel free to click the link on episode six and indulge into two interviews into two professions that make up the world we live in today. However, this is episode seven, and let me tell you what's going to be on this podcast. I'll be speaking to Yossias, a young gentleman that has featured on a variety of different game shows, whether that's channels including Sky Vegas and ITV. I speak to him all about his game show experience, in addition to putting him under pressure in his very own quiz. To be honest, I've been confident, but just never confident in myself. Like, the stuff that I do has boosted me up a little bit. You know, you can do whatever, and no one, people are going to hate regardless, so you know just just go for what you want to do really but find out what made him react like this wow wait no way what in addition to yoss i speak to you all about different ways you combat the blues as it's been blue monday recently and i cover this somber topic um i would say i like to work out which helps me mentally i'd say drink lots of water that always helps i try and be around people as well i think if i'm on my own sometimes it can make it worse whereas if i get busy get stuck in work then i'm all right <laughs> Speaking and shedding positivity is all about what I do on this podcast and I aim to achieve this through multiple different ways through multiple different voices. And my second guest will shed more than positivity, more than emotion, more than knowledge as I chat to Traitors UK contestant Andrea Addison. She will be talking to me all about the game, other contestants and the final itself. The game is to amass money, get rid of traitors, divide the money between the faithfuls. I mean, come on, how about the end? What more do you want before Christmas than a fairy tale end like that? Brilliant. Plus, find out why she called me this. Ollie, think. Don't be a wanker. <laughs> However, before my interview with Andrea, which is going to be so exciting, 
before speaking to Yoss all about game shows and emotions and different things that we may not even consider. Before I cover the topic of Blue Monday along with other topics, let's find out about the big stories that are happening in our world today affecting our lives and society. Now, the first story that I'm covering today is about Ofsted's Chief Inspector saying she's surprised when primary school children have smartphones. Amanda Spellman said she was not comfortable with younger children having unlimited access to the internet. During a discussion about access to watching porn and adult content, Miss Spellman's Head of England School's watchdog said there was a great deal that could be done to really limit the content to which young children are exposed. The first thing you can do is not give a child a smartphone when they are too young. I'm surprised when people such as primary school or early secondary school children have one as it's hard to manage, she added. With this being one side of the coin and adding it is not totally possible to control and contain adolescent lives, it's the jobs of the schools, parents and society to ensure that children can steer past all of these indesirable influences. This second story shows that there has been a fresh study released which highlights the importance of elephant extinction being avoided for the sake of the climate. With only a few hundred thousand elephants left in Africa, illegal poaching is a huge threat to their safety. Elephants play a vital role and with their extinction could amplify global warming according to scientists. The elephant population in the Congo Basin, which spans several countries in Central and Western Africa, has plummeted in the last decade, down 60% to an estimated 40,000, according to the Wildlife Conservation Society. Poaching, the term used to describe the hunting, killing or illegal transportation of the animal across the world, is a big cause of the elephant's decline, with thousands killed every year for their ivory tusks. Researchers say that if the animal was to completely vanish, the Congo's rainforest would lose up to 9% of its ability to capture atmospheric carbon. If we lose forest elephants, we will be doing a global disservice to climate change mitigation. That was a comment said by Stephen Blake, assistant of biology at St. Louis University. He added, the importance of forest elephants for climate mitigation must be taken seriously. Their role in global environment is too important to ignore. Now finally, a story that has shocked our sporting world. Ronaldo has reportedly signed a £173 million per year contract, according to sources including TalkSport, Metro and The Evening Standard. This eye-watering deal that Ronaldo has managed to sign means that he will overtake football rival Messi along with basketball star LeBron James and also Tom Brady, the American footballer. Cristiano Ronaldo has joined Saudi Arabian club Al Nazar on a deal that runs until 2025. Before moving to Al Nazar, Cristiano gave a controversial interview with Piers Morgan where he criticised the club. A contract has now been written up that reports Ronaldo will earn £173 million per year, making this the biggest salary ever in football. The 37-year-old announced he is eager to experience a new football league in a different country. The former Manchester United player added, I am fortunate that I have won everything I have set out to win in European football and feel that this is now the right moment to share my experience in Asia. Al Nazar reacted to the signing by saying the signing was history in the making. The club followed on to announce that this would inspire our league, nation and future generations, boys and girls, to be the best version of themselves. 
before leaving for Asia, the five-time Ballon d'Or winner had just over seven months remaining on his £500,000 a week contract with Manchester United, but mutually agreed his immediate exit. Off the back of this absolutely outstanding story, I wanted to ask you whether you felt that sport as an industry has too much money compared to the rest of the world. Yeah, sport's not sport, sport's a business and you need to look upon it as that. It's simply, it's buying a product and using it to make more money from. That's what sport is now, especially at the top levels. Yeah, sport was never meant to be a profit uh, source. Now it is a profit source. If you don't make a profit, you go out of business, simple as. In the retrospects of how big sport is, uh, how big football is across the globe, yeah, there's so much money involved in it compared to... Ronaldo moving for 80 million just over 10 years ago. Um, the only other sport that's probably got money involved as much um, is the, is basketball, but that's on a lot of a smaller scale because it's mostly just in America. But there's still a lot of big money involvements in that. Like some parts of the industry, I'd say they, they deserve it, like extreme sports. But then, you know, footballers get paid more than I get paid all my life for a week. It's a bit much. So how do you think it could be more level? You could talk about like wage caps and stuff, but they bring that money into this sport, don't they? So I suppose you can't really stop it. I believe Ronaldo has a lot of money. <laughs> That's it. I, I can't tell anything more because like I'm not very into sports. I'm sorry. Uh, he has too much money and ask no questions where it comes from. Uh, so I'm a bit disillusioned, really. And what about compared to other sports? Tennis, golf, squash, badminton, rugby? Uh, well, I think football's more in the news, so it's more noticeable. I think other sports do do it, but less, because they don't follow them that much. I don't know, really. So do you reckon sport as an industry has too much money compared to other industries that you may have worked in or other ind- industries that you may have heard of before? Yeah, they get paid far too much. Yeah, far too much. Total, I know the the career is only a short span, but far, far too much money. It's stupidly ridiculous. And Ronaldo's gone, well, up his own bottom, shall I say that politely. (laughs) I think sport has got too much money. I think it's just a joke what they're paying him, what Ronaldo's getting paid outside in Saudi. But again, they've got the money and they've got the oil money and spending it how they like, I suppose. I don't really know too much about the funding. I, I know American football and... Baseball, that's, again, basketball, ridiculous money, but it's all sponsorship. So they're earning it, I suppose, where the the Ronaldo thing is state-sponsored, so it's totally different, really. Yeah, no, I think it has a lot more money compared to industries such as, like, the arts and theatre and things like that. So they're still struggling because of COVID, whereas sports, like, isn't... The football never stops, so... Um, I think as well it's uh, gender comparison between the both so I think male um, sports industries get a lot more funding than female Um, so not only do I think sports in general gets a lot more funding than other um, topics but it's also the gender divide in that. Uh, Not me personally no because if you look at the revenue it generates I'd say that you know the athletes uh, just get their fair share so... Yeah, and obviously it brings in a lot of viewers. So you look at Premier League, you get massive TV deals, but it's the biggest league in the world. Most watched event in the world is the World Cup, so, you know, kind of makes sense, adds up. I would say they do perhaps pay them a little too much, but obviously it's a short lifespan, isn't it, of football or whatever they're in, so uh, it's an awkward one to 
really answer, but yes, it is a bit expensive. So that just shows you everyone has an opinion on that topic, no matter whether you're involved in sport, no matter whether you're not involved in sport, whether you watch it, whether you see it, whether you play it, whether you go to games, or whether you just enjoy it for what it is. With eye-watering contracts and ludicrous deals that happen all across the industry, maybe sport as a whole has too much money, whether football has too much investment, who knows, there's sponsorship deals and other additional fees that we don't even think about as the public. However, that's what's been going on in our world, but what's been going on in your world? From a new hobby maybe, maybe a new sport that you've taken up, to being snowed under with work, Everyone has their own thing going on in their daily life. However, what we all like to do is have a bit of stress relief, no matter how we find it, whether that be a bit of time out or whether that just be putting our feet up and doing something totally unrelated to life, whether that be a game, whether that be a new TV show, maybe both. I want to speak to you about what makes a good TV reality game show. I think the key thing is having a good host, really. Uh, keep it moving along, keep it light, keep it entertaining. Uh, I think it's one that uh, the audience, uh, watching audience can join in with, sort of perhaps be able to answer at least some of the questions. I think that really helps. For me, I would say like a live audience would be fantastic. I think when you've got like pre-recorded or post-recorded audience reactions, it's not the same. But I think a live reaction can give more of an authentic kind of feel to the place, you know? I think the Traitors would be a good reality TV show because he's kind of showing you like what like the reality of some people in the real life as well and to what like look for look to as well. I think that your audience at home can play along with and feel that they can participate with team element, prize money. Um, maybe the people at home can get involved through an app or directly get involved with prizes for them as well. I'd say probably the host makes a big difference, keeping uh, the viewer engaged and uh, sort of a good premise to start with, really, because if, if the foundations aren't good, then it's not going to be very interesting to watch. I don't know. Honestly, don't know. Uh, I can't just spit on that because it's like, uh, I don't watch TV <laughs> at all. Humour? And excitement, that's my answer. So what good qualities do you think a reality game show needs in order to be successful? I think definitely a funny personality from contestants. If they're not engaging like with the audience, then it's not going to be a very funny or interesting watch. Um, I also think that just in terms of the actual content, it has to be maybe relevant to whatever target audience you're going for. So if it's a younger audience, you need to... You know, make it relevant to their humour and maybe the kind of activities they enjoy. And then obviously it's adult content, obviously, kind of cater for that demographic. Yeah. Um, I'd say humour, um, otherwise I won't watch it. It needs some sort of humour base. It's got to be fun. Entertaining and fun. A good host, unique rounds of games, so like, it doesn't have to be just questions and answers, can be more practical. So basically a whole range of uh, tasks. It's really not my kind of like what I'm not really into but for a good reality show it's just it just needs the chemistry between all of the other celebrities or people around it and as well as um, instead of manipulating people around it just needs to give some games or little sets around so like icebreaker games or something like that to make people more comfortable around them and just document how they're going for in relationships between each other. Laughter part of it you know what I mean that's that's important if there's a lot of laughter in it game show because that's what I'm into, you know what I mean, yeah. 
I believe that a competitive aspect is needed for any uh, TV game show. Uh, ultimately, the prize at the end of the game show needs to be high. Um, ultimately, a lot of viewers will be watching for the competition aspect, so a range of different characters and the diverse people involved. I think that is really key. So what elements of a good TV game show do you think are important for success? Uh, probably something eye-catching, like um, a lot of colour and action. I don't know, because I don't watch any reality TV at all, ever. <laughs> um, point systems, because it helps contestants to have a, a competitive edge on each other and to gain an advantage. So it, it shows that who's leading well, them. Obviously, you get a dopamine hit every time your points are going up higher than other people. Yeah. So people get in it and they... It makes a TV show because people get excited and stuff. I think uh, stakes uh, within... So people who are invested in that kind of stuff and a unique... Something... A, a little thing that makes it completely unique. It doesn't have to be big, just a small thing. But I think those two things are like make a game show absolutely fantastic. There we are. It sounds like there has to be a variety of different components from a live audience, prize money application involvement to a good host with good chemistry. Tasks along the way with twists and turns, a game show has to have it all. I spoke with Yossias. He has been part of multiple shows on multiple channels, from being a team player to having a set mindset to thinking about winning. What makes a good contestant? I went to chat with Yoss to find out more. I am Yossias, also known as Yoss. Um, I am a uni student also doing a bit of modeling acting all of that you know what i mean and as well as modeling as well as being a student i believe you've featured on a number of game shows yes i have actually yeah so i've been on uh one on sky vegas um and one on word on the curb and what 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 was your incentive for going on game shows how did that all come about how did it start I can't lie, the way it started was funny actually. It was, um, so we went to, me and my dad we went to this place because we have, I applied online. And then, you know, it was like, yeah, yeah, it's like a, a modeling thing because I want to be like, I want to try, I want to try out new things in 2021. Um, so I was like, yeah, yeah, this one, like, you know what I mean? I'm going to try yeah. it. Da, da, da. So I went to this place. We took pictures like, so that, you know, they could see how I act and all of that. They were actually fake uh, agencies. Uh, they were scammers. Oh. So, <laughs> you know, um, normally, you know, you don't pay for, at first, right? Yeah. So to get into the agency. So they were like, yeah, so you have to pay us this amount and you get all these jobs and we'll, we'll look after you. I'm like, uh, I don't know about that one, Chief, because <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. Because if you want me to pay you a lot, then, you know, you have to give me jobs first. And then we can do the same, you know, can yeah. proceed. But obviously, that didn't happen, did it? So, yeah, we just we just left it. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to create my own, like, you know, portfolio when it, we're modeling and stuff like that. So went on, like, to studios and stuff. And, like, just, you know, shouted at a couple of cameramen. Um, and yeah, we just basically started taking pictures. My friends were taking pictures. I was like, yo, you know, help me out, innit? So it literally just begun of 
me almost getting scammed. Wow. So Basically. from you getting scammed to being on a variety of different reality game shows or game shows, that it must have been a big step for you. It must have been a bit big leap into sort of the world of the unknown. Oh, yeah, 100%. It was like a whole new world. Like, you know, it's like um, as soon as I got into the media stuff, like filming and stuff, I was just like, wow, it's actually interesting to see, you know, all the back, back ends of how the industry works and, you know, to see what got basically, you know, to see how they do it. Totally. And it was actually so interesting to see. Like, so although when you go on to game shows, it's not only just you, it's not just one other person there might be a few other people quite a couple do you think everyone has a different reason to going on to the game shows do you think everyone goes on game shows for different reasons oh yeah 100 percent. obviously you know some people go there for the passion you know some people go there for fun some people just go there you know for the it depends on what like shows it is so you know they can go there for the clout as well so there's like different varies, but obviously, me, I enjoy what I'm doing. I'm enjoying it. I'm just breathing it in, you know what I mean? Whatever comes to it, I don't even care. I just want to enjoy it. <laughs> totally. I suppose at the end of the day, if you're not enjoying something, why are you doing it in the first place, right? That's facts. Facts, 100%. So, thinking back right to maybe the first time you ever watched TV or the first game show you, you saw... What was that first game show? What's your earliest memory of it? My first game show was the Sky Vegas one, which was, uh, like, mind-blowing because man just got out of there with 8K, like, 8 bags. Just, just what? Hello? And it was, like, the most easiest game, like, to play. And I was just like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Totally. I, was, I was just like, yo... <laughs> So am, am I right in thinking that Sky Vegas, the, the vault, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the vault, yeah. Am, am vault. I right in thinking this was a game of higher and lower? Yes, it was, yeah. Check it out if you haven't checked it out. It's on, it's on my Instagram and, and um, feeds. So so you you were working as a pair, weren't you, in this? What what sort of challenges did you come across with your other contestant did no you work i can't lie well? yeah it was really hard to trust i can't lie it was so hard to trust because basically that's how it was all set right go, we go, we go, go we got, obviously uh we we got into the like the building in the morning early in the morning um it was like what time are we saying when early, uh, early like, in the morning i'll say i'll say like 10 11 ish yeah so the show was meant to carry like was meant to start by like 12 but this show was just so long that we ended up going longer than we thought we was going to. So instead of finishing around like one or no, around like three, we finished around like six and it was kind of getting dark. It was just like long. I was like, come. So as we was waiting, all the contestants were in one room. Right. So it was just like, guys, it's, we share, okay? We don't still. It was just like, okay, cool. Yeah, we should. Yeah, we all share. Yeah, come. But obviously, there's still doubts at the back of my head, isn't it? Yeah. Like, hmm, is it, are they really sharing or are they just saying it? So I was just like, come, we can do that. And um, yeah, so I'm, they part partnered me up with, um, you know, 
one of the girls um and it was it was fine like i tr- i trusted her out of everyone so i was like calm like i was i was no hesitation i was so calm you you did actually because um, i believe you said that as, as the decision was approaching uh, the host there said how did you feel and you gave your answer but was that exactly what you said was that going on inside your head as well or was it mixed like, emotions yeah because because obviously like it was a, it was it would have been 16k that she got you know what i mean yeah like that's a lot of money bro so it's 16k is a steal bro but obviously i was just like you know what regardless of what happens i'm gonna split I, I said it to myself, regardless of what happens. I'm just, I'm just playing because at the end of the day, I'm, I'm not trying to feel guilty in it. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? I was just like, yeah, come, I'm gonna, I'm gonna split it. And obviously, when they said 16k, I was just like, oh, she might not split. It. She might just steal. It. I might be broke after this. Oh no. So, it was just like a 50-50. But I was just, you know, I just, I just went there for fun and ended up with ak (laughs) that's that's amazing that's sick because ultimately it is a game at the end of the day but you play the game and you win the well hopefully you win the game in your case you did in that aspect so it must have been a good day out all round. oh yeah yeah 100 percent. like it was a dub at the end of the day like because as soon as we left yeah imagine yeah you know what they did it's so evil yeah so all the contestants right so it was two twos in it. So the others are waiting in the actual waiting room. Yeah. Uh, but as soon as you finish doing the show, you left straight away. You don't go back to the meeting room. What? So so you don't even get to say goodbye to your other team players? No, you don't. You don't. You just you just go. So oh. it would be so awkward if one of us split. I mean, it's, it's still a stall. So, you know what I mean? It's a sticky situation. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Imagine walking to the bus stop, yeah, you're like, yeah, so you stole from me. <laughs> should, should I just, what? Um, it would be so awkward. Uh, oh. So, obviously, so, I'm what, glad I, I, I shared a colour. No worries. What, what attraction do you think other players get from game shows? Hey, listen, as long as they're entertaining, like, you know what I mean? What more do you need, like? It's, it's entertaining, isn't it? Just to see what 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 the end result is. So, so if 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 what makes an entertaining game show in your head, what what makes it entertaining for you? Oh, listen. I mean, in my head, yeah, they they, they it's just it's just it, it gets tense, isn't it? It's it's intense, like the the fact of not knowing like, what's going to happen, not knowing the yeah, result. Yeah, literally, yeah. Obviously, some people just don't care, so they just skip the video. But <laughs> me, I, I want to watch the full thing. Like you know, what I mean, it's it's just I love I love what you know, yeah. what, what will happen. Because so, so. I'm right in thinking that you've been on some game shows where it has literally been an hour, two hours, or a day, such as The Vault, or there's been game shows that you've been on that a sort of longer. There's more of like a reality game show, and you sort of live in the game. Is that right? Oh. Uh... Am I, am, I, am I hearing bad chefs? <laughs> am I hearing bad chefs? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was that was something else, man. That mm. was something else. So can you tell me the difference of sort of the different game shows that you've been on and how you felt and 
sort of been been through the game how, how is that for you how did you feel what um, did you think what did it really play on your mind as a game um no i i can't lie every single show like every single game show i've been on it, it's just been there i've been there for fun even word on the curb when i yeah. was starring my ass off like because <laughs> that's the one where you get electrocuted right yeah yeah like literally tell me um, more it was it was it was kind of it was kind of I don't I didn't even know what to say, man. Like it was so unexpected, bro. I said I'm telling you, bro, come on, bro. What's going on? I mean, even just watching you, like it just sends a shiver down my spine seeing you get no, electrocuted. I can't lie, yeah. I didn't expect them to put that bit in when I was starring. No, I was like I'm telling you, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Oh my. No so, way, bro. Whether was, it's word on the curb, whether it's the vault, whether it's Romeo and Duet, what's your reaction when you get accepted into the application that you apply for? What what goes through your mind? Are you scared? Are you nervous? Are you excited? No, I'm I'm, I'm I don't have the time to be nervous, bro. Just go for it. That's that's the thing that I do. The thing about me is I don't get I don't get nervous. It's just excitement. And yes, I'm ready for this. Mm. And um, I mean. And I apply it. Yeah, carry apply, on. Like I accept it before, you know, before I apply for it. Basically, you know what I mean. I know before before I apply, I know what kind of thing it is. Yeah, because it says the, the description and stuff. So it's like, yeah, I'm I'm a good fit for this. We talking about what I'm ready. So when you see that description, when you see the responsibilities that you're going to take through through the process, what sort mm. of attracts you to it or what sort of description may think nah that one's not for me um i mean uh, like i know i know how i am and i'm a, like a really active person in it so if i think the project or whatever is not good is like gonna be like a it's not it's not that it's like a dead vibe yeah then I, I, yeah i can't i can't man <laughs> and it's impossible <laughs> impossible <laughs> So from going on game shows such as Romeo and Duet and Bad Chefs, you're literally living in a game show environment in the Bad Chefs example. How do you live and breathe that world, sort of getting up every day, sort of knowing you're not in your own home, in your own bed? How do you how do you sort of live? Um, listen, like Bad Chefs in the first place, I just applied for fun, by the way, because I knew it was Chunks was a host. So him being the host and me being part of that show was just like, what the hell? Because this guy I've been watching since like he started YouTube and now I'm in the show with him. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? It's crazy. Did Chunks' um, presence sort of bring that extra edge of nerves to you? I, I wasn't nervous. I was excited. I was, I was like, oh my God, it's Chunks. Blood. I felt like a fanboy. <laughs> I felt like a fanboy, bro. <laughs> it was it was crazy. It was crazy, man. Like, oh, that's amazing! And standing some people, in front of me, some people may have not watched Bad Chef. So, if people haven't watched the show, can you explain what it is? Oh, they're missing out, bro. They're missing out. Where where have you been? Have you been living under a rock? Like Bad Chefs is you know is is actually entertaining um, cooking show. 
where bad chefs are being bad at cooking, <laughs> basically. So and Jake's are, just been disappointed at everyone. Oh, but yeah, there are a few examples, but how bad are the bad chefs? So I'm gonna leave that question to you <laughs> to answer because you've seen it, I'm pretty sure. So. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it's not looking good, bro. That's all I'm saying. It's not, it's not looking good. Okay. Okay. So since you were getting roasted pretty much every episode by Chunks and the guests there, have you ever been responsible for a big meal since the show? The max I've done is made the, made a burger, but like burgers for my siblings and me. Yeah. Um, but you know what? They've loved, they've, they've loved it every day, every time I made it. So I complained. Even though I didn't do, like, I didn't do it from the start. I just, you know, bought bought a burger from just Tesco's and, you know, just took it in. Other supermarkets can apply. <laughs> yeah, listen, because I remember making a burger from the scratch and it was hell. Like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Not your <laughs> Why would I do that? <laughs> So, um, do you feel like a reality game show has ever changed you in any way, shape or form? Whether that be through the skills that you learned, the knowledge that you gained, or the lifestyle that you live? Not really. Like, I'm sort of doing the same thing, the same, you know, it's just the same me. It's just, it's gained me more confidence in the world because I used to be, I used to not be confident. Like, I used to just be to be honest i've been confident but just never confident in myself like the stuff that i do but obviously after that it's just you know my, it's boosted me up a little bit it's like it's like you know you can do whatever and you know what people are gonna hate regardless so you know just just go for what you want to do really totally like, that's, and um that's the thing what how did you come to that inspiration are you quite an inspirational person yourself when you're in the group do you sort of motivate everyone up do people motivate you um i mean i got i got like literally close friends like uh, not even that much i can count them with one hand so you know it's it's quality like, over I quantity. My brothers, like you know what i mean it's like close close ones so it's it's like a you know what I mean? It's like, I got them. What, why do I care what other people think? You get me? Like, as long as I know, I know they're there, I'm, that's what I need, really, bro. Like, that's important I don't need nothing well. else. That's important, whether that be in real life, whether that be on the shows. Do you ever keep in contact with former contestants that you've been on with? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Hundred percent. Um, they, we we have like a group chat for yeah. WhatsApp, so and we is, just you know. Stay is that in for what? What shows that for? What shows the group chats for? Uh, both. Uh, I got the vault. I got um, bad chefs. What? Well, uh, mm. I don't have the others, but yeah, I'm, okay. I don't have word on the curb or anything else. But them two, yeah, we're still we're still in in touch. But we don't. You know, the ones there. It's just. The group chat is dry, bro. It's horrible. It's, it's, yeah. hi, how you guys doing? Yeah, good. Yeah, no That's reunion it. yet? Bad chef no, reunion? No, no, none of them. Oh, the no. only reuni- reunion was um, when Bad Chef first released. We, c- we came back to, like, you know, so we can 
watched the first episode together. Basically. For a pre-screening? Yes, that one. How was that, seeing everyone again and sort of reliving what, ev- is, what you've lived? I swear to God, yeah, this is how I felt. Because obviously, I'm not a tall person, is it? Right. I'm 5'6 I'm myself, so... <laughs> Because everyone, I mean everyone, except Charlotte, yeah, is just on their giants, bro. I'm like, okay, so it was it was fine in the in the, like when we was doing the show, like in the bad shifts. I didn't realize how tall they were, but then when I met them again, I was just like, oh my god! So why have you gained like six inches in the last two weeks, bro? What's going on? <laughs> like you know the ones there. It's just like, wow. <laughs> People change, fam. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> it must be nice seeing everyone again, though, and saying hello and catching up with people, especially when you've been in that intense environment and now you're taken away from it. Yeah, 100%. 100%. It was, it was just all vibes. I can't lie. Mm. That night was amazing. Oh, that's, that's amazing to hear, to be honest. But yeah, from, yeah. from the variety of game shows you've done, what components would make up Yoss's game show? What would you call it? What prize would there be at the end? Yoss's game show? Fam. You know, it's, oh, damn, I don't know, man. The thing is, I'm like... Oh, bro. I'm or just weak. some components, whether that be sort of the element of cooking or the element of money. No, nah, but I'm cooking. Cooking, get out. It's already out of the window, bruv. Because I can't cook myself. Why am I going to judge other people that cook? <laughs> What's going on? Like, I'm going to compare every food to myself and it's going to be better than mine. So what's the point? <laughs> you get me? So I'll probably be like doing, you know, I don't know, like something. Maybe a rap battle. I don't know. It's like, you know, a rap battle or something. says, I'm also a musician as well, so, you know, I might as well. Okay, okay. And yeah. that was a little element of Romeo and Duet, a bit of rap battle and getting that competitive nature, feeling the beat, nah, feeling the whoever, whoever I sang that, that song to can get out of here, bro. She didn't even open the gate. What? No way. She, she missed out. She missed out. I Exactly, she missed out, but, like, you know what I mean? She she didn't regret it though after, so it's fine. Take <laughs> the L. Take the L. Big L. So um, after the show is finished and when you, you when you complete the game shows, what sort of welfare experience have you had afterwards, or has there not been any? Well, actually, I like I've been meeting like a lot of like influencers and um, all of that stuff. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been it's been good like connection wise, you know, I've been getting connections and it's 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 good it's a good thing to have. Yeah. You know, just in case in life, you know what I mean? If anything happens, boom. Basically the welfare afterwards, you feel like you've got looked after nicely by the teams that you've represented, the channels that you've been on, the sort of like mental health check that they do afterwards has all been as it should. Oh yeah, like amazing. Like especially like ITV and stuff. You know, we was the priority. Like we was like, <laughs> like, wow. I don't know how people get treated this good. Like you know what I mean? It's like they do everything for you, bro. Except the fact that you had to cook and think, because that's the main part of the show. But other than that, it was they were just amazing. 
they were they were friendly. Everything behind the scenes was just it was just vibes. They're not like <laughs> oh, that's nice. And you felt like yeah. you got put at ease waiting for your time to be called up. That was a nice time to enjoy the time and enjoy the moment. Yeah, for real, for real. It's just the only time I didn't like my name being called was last when I'm lost. Like, <laughs> yes, yes, Charlotte, and whoever. Dylan. You'll be cooking tonight. I'm like, ah, no. That's not what I want to do. <laughs> but the only way to make practice is make perfect. The only way to be perfect is to have practice. So you got to have one without the other. Yeah, I can't lie. Yeah, it was, it was mad. You know what? I will, I will take that as a dub because I've had a good days in bad chefs and I've had the bad days in bad chefs because, you know, sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so where was bad chefs actually filmed? Where was it located? It was like around near Birmingham, you know, like, um, it was, uh, it was somewhere there, man. It was the trenches. I don't know. It was, it was no man's land. It was in no man's land, literally. There was a house one day and it was, yeah. Wow, but were you... All I saw was on the map, it said near Birmingham. I'm like, yeah, come. Okay. But you were allowed to bring home possessions into the house, into the bad chef's house. How did you make that sort of flat your home for the duration you were staying for? No, like, we wasn't even allowed phones. Like, it was mental because (laughs) we didn't even use our phone for, like, literally a whole two weeks. Wow. It was, it was, it was, it was calm though, because obviously the people there were nice, you know, we got along, like, we, literally, I don't know how they picked it, but they were all vibes, like, they match your, like, they match my energy, bro. I like that. You know, I love all of them, like, you know what I mean? It's like, they're vibes. Mm. But obviously at first, like, when we first met, it was like, uh, you know, them awkward ones. (laughs) But then after that, we just, yo. After two days or three days later, listen, it was different. It was a different story there, man. The vibes were there, but maybe the cooking wasn't. Yeah, let's not talk about the cooking bit. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, you've done collaborations on social media with Dino. You were in a rap battle with him. You've You've had selfies with Young Philly. You've been on ITV's Romeo and Duet. You've been on Word on the Curb. What has been your career highlight so far? I can't lie, meat and chunks, man. Meat and chunks are young Philly, like what a pop. And I made I, I met H out of nowhere as well. Like, you know what I mean? That's that's crazy. Like he was there as well as a as a guest host. I mean guest um as a guest, so it was mental. That's amazing. Like, what, never, what goes through your bigger, mind? One of the biggest rappers in the dunya is standing in front of me as well. It's crazy, man. It's been crazy. Who was that standing in front of you, sorry? H, H, H was standing in front of me. It's just like, what? I'm cooking for him. Like, because I was helping um, Pooja um, with her meal. So I, we, we was participating for H, but we still lost. But, you know, it is what it is, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, the challenging environment really does up its levels when there are celebrity guests right in front of you, correct? Yeah, 100%. Oh, it's a game changer. Literally, you're like, oh, damn. Here we go again. (laughs) And when you've cooked burritos, you've cooked chicken, you've cooked with fish, shallots, coriander, 
herbs and spices. You you cooked through it all. You cooked with it all. Were there any? Oh yeah, di- I did. Yeah. Were there any dishes easier than others? I can't lie. Yeah, I thought you see, um, I was cooking steak, and that steak thing was. It was. It wasn't. It wasn't hard. It was literally straightforward. It's, it's because I think I still know that I've taken from it. It was. It was so much easier. Like I was just like raw, and and I became one of the best because chunks ate it a couple times. Actually, he had a couple bites of mine. The rest were like yeah. So you know, but was a dog man. Let's let's flip that on its head for a minute. When Chunks yeah. puts your food in the bin without even tasting it, how yeah, does I can't that like, you know feel? what the thing is. I won't like the fact that he put it in the bin. I won't blame him because I know what that food has been through. <laughs> you know, it's 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 not the best. Ah, oh, I can imagine when when you're there with celebrity chefs and then you sort of hear them behind the scenes talking about. Oh my word! Cross contamination, yos, this guy. <laughs> I can't lie. Cross contamination, I didn't even know existed. What is? What was that, bro? What I know is food is food. You just eat, okay? It's because, to be honest, I've never cooked before, so fair enough, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and you talked about the easiest possibly being steak. I'm not sure if everyone would agree with that. But what did you find the most challenging meal to make? Oh, yeah, yeah. What was it challenging? I can't lie. Omelette, when we first made the omelette, I was just like, I made scrambled eggs. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, um, I made a scrambled egg instead of omelette. Like, that's already madness right there. So, am so, I right in thinking you've just told me the easiest meal to make? Is steak and the hardest no, meal me, to make. Personally, yeah, it was. And the hardest meal to make was an omelette. Listen, is as as weird as it sounds, it was okay <laughs> because omelette. Yeah, you have to have a certain like timing, whereas the meat was just pressing it down like there's no tomorrow, and then it's cooked. <laughs> and obviously, the seasoning and that I was on point with that as well. Make sure it's it's, it's good. It's making that sound. You know, otherwise it's not healthy. <laughs> and I suppose that sort of health fact has been drilled into you, not only from yourself, not only from the celebrity guests on the show, but probably from your friends and family as well. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> it was, it's, it's mad. It's mental. And tell me a bit about the premises, about the rules of the show. If you didn't want to eat the food cooked by the bad chefs, you got to have the choice of a takeaway, didn't you? I mean, you're going to have to eat your, your own meal, brother. You can't, you can't just order a takeaway if you, if you know, if you can't cook. That's, it's tough, man. It's tough, I mm. <laughs> Literally, they don't allow you. Um, you, you. It's either you just watch the other person cook for you or you, you help them. But there was someone who thought, takeaway, 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 takeaway. That person was Phil compared to the yes. rest of the group. How did you feel about him actually having a takeaway every night or what seemed to be? Because there were some people that vocalised it and others we didn't get to see. But what was your opinion on it? Um, It was just, you know, it was just like annoying, you know, because he obviously <laughs> took, he spent a lot of money <laughs> 
because it was it was you know it was expensive money like it was it was expensive takeaway five hundred pound each takeaway like you know like what are you doing mate? And just in in concept with the show, it's five hundred pounds off the original prize pot that you've got, right? Yeah, imagine that all of us spent thirty five k altogether, like. You know how crazy that is, bro. Is that how much was taken off because of takeaway? That's that's why they gave that they give it they gave us that money that we spent on takeaway altogether, and it was altogether thirty thirty nine k. Wow, that's a tremendous amount. Like when you hear those sorts of figures, that's how you know it's not the real world. Yeah, like it's, it was. Like the thing is, I don't remember spending that amount that much, bro. <laughs> but apparently, it was <laughs> maybe the maths didn't mental. add up. But oh well, my belly was yeah, full at like, the end of the know, evening. Okay, yeah, you go for it. <laughs> Literally, I was just like, no way, that's real firm. And then there's how... no way thirty five k. You know that you know what you could do with that money, bro. Come on, man. So thirty five k, and it was five hundred pounds for each individual to have a takeaway. Is that correct? Yeah, it was five hundred pound each. Like, it's it's too expensive, man. So I've just for a done... three pound meal. Are you okay? I've just done thirty five thousand divided by five hundred. That's seventy pounds. That's that's seventy takeaways. Sorry, that's seventy takeaways that you had over the course of the show. Does that sound about right when, when I figure it out like that? Apparently so, bro. Apparently so. I don't even know it anymore. <laughs> that is a lot of takeaways. Like <laughs> £35,000 divided by £500 per takeaway eaten is 70 meals that were taken on the show that you could have saved if people all the time sacrifice the meal of the bad chefs but the thing is well you know what didn't make sense to me why are the worst chefs cooking why not the top <laughs> chefs what's going on here where are the worst chefs for a reason you know what i mean all right so, so if us I'm... being the best chefs is like it was like a punishment thing um, but the thing is we gave the other people you know not the good feeling <laughs> we was cooking it so it's just you know so when you came down for breakfast and looked on the fridge about what meal you were cooking and who was actually cooking the meals how did you feel when the first thing you got up in the morning was had to go downstairs oh, and see yeah, your name oh uh, you see the thing is the day i went downstairs was the day i was going to cook so it, i was just like oh no, please. Do you get a no, warning no. to say you might be cooking, or, or does the fridge tell you that morning? The fridge just says your name um, and who you're cooking with. Mm. And that day, who did I cook with? I think I cooked with Charlotte. Uh, cook Yoss, Charlotte? every meal so. was you and Charlotte cooking, let's be honest. I can't lie, uh, Charlotte was just worse than me. Don't even, bruh, she even knows it. Like, there's no way <laughs> in hell. That we are on the same level here, right? It just everyone was better than me. Everyone else was better than me at cooking, but except Charlotte. When you're so living, I had to be there with her. When you're living in a reality game show like like Bad Chefs, are there any conversations that don't make it to air? Um, I mean, no, I can't lie. Pretty much everything that was happening it just just went. I can't lie. Okay. And obviously, you've got people in the show like Miriam, 
Jocelyn, Dylan with Sandy Ho, Pooja, Charlotte, as you mentioned there. Was there anyone in particular that you bonded with most or who was most competitive? I can't lie. Michael, Michael was just jerks, man. Yeah. I loved Michael. I, I love Michael, bro. Like, that guy's a joker. Um, also, Phil, Zach, I loved them. I loved them. They, they were my roommates, isn't it? Zach and Phil. So, you know, we just vibed. Even like at night, even behind the scenes, we was just on different levels, bro. You know what I mean? It's just like bros, isn't it? Was there anyone who was competitive? Oh, Michael was competitive. Michael was competitive. This guy went on every single man station, yeah, while we're cooking, seeing seeing what we're doing. Like, no, nah, brother, relax. <laughs> Let's, you know what I mean? Yo. But yeah, Michael. But Michael was so competitive; like mm. it was, it was jokes. And how did it was that... funny, but then annoyed at the same time, just because. Yeah, no, relax, totally. man. Chill out. <laughs> Chill. Totally, he he got got the game went to his head a little bit much. You reckon? Yeah, yeah, like hundred percent. It was it was mental. And with he guest... went crazy, bro. And with guest chefs such as Nico Reynolds, vegan chef Rachel Amar and Katie Picks as well, just to name a few. How do the guests add that extra pressure? They were professional. What do you mean? Like, um, these these guys, you know, they know what they're doing. So it was just... <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> like, damn, I have to cook for you, guys. You know what I mean? And it's but, one thing like, cooking for the hosts, another, co- another thing cooking for these guests. Yeah, like, it was... Um, because <laughs> me watching the show, it was just crazy because I did not know how slow I was until they started talking about it. And I was like, God damn. Imagine Chuck said I take 50 years to do anything. Like, you know how much of a violation that is? <laughs> Brother, I'm like, please allow me. Oh, and how does the game change? When you're in the bottom two, compared to just doing the competition, doing the challenge throughout the day? To be honest, yeah, me being the bottom, it did not affect me as much because regardless, I was having fun. You know what I mean? I was there for fun. I was there for bands. But obviously, some people took it more personal than it should have been taken. But, you know, it's fine because totally. I had fun. You've got to yeah, keep that mindset with, with you regardless where you are. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. That's the thing about me. It's like... I'm there to have fun. I'm not there to actually, oh, yeah, i got to get this game on. You know what I mean? I'm just there, like, vibing. Yeah. Obviously, I'm going to try regardless. I'm going to try hard to do to get my be- to do my best. But, you know, if not, oh, well, it's not the end of the world. It's calm. It's going to be another that. one. I love that. And yeah, come on. So you talked about another one there. What in the world does your future have next for you? And have you got another game show lined up? Uh, currently, um, I don't, I don't have a game show currently, um, you know. But I'm still going to be doing um, acting, modelling, and stuff like that. So, you know, God knows, God knows what, what's going to happen next. <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. How? Yeah. So to sum up, then to sum it all up, how good would you say you are at game shows and questions? Listen, it depends what game shows it is. Whatever it is, yeah, I'm just ready for a competition, innit? So I, I love I love the 
competitiveness and the intenseness of the game shows because it was like, yo, it's a different world. Like, you get me? Totally. And, and what about the pride in yourself? How about that? What do you mean the pride? Sort of doing it for yourself, sort of the pride, the passion that you have within oh. you. Oh, yeah. Like, the thing is, I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm, you know what I mean? I love what I'm doing. I, it's, it's a big step for me. Like, especially since 2021. No, is it 2021 or 2022? One of those years. Right. right. You said 21 so, before. Oh, so 20. Okay, cool. So since 2021, it's just, it's been a, like, it's been a good, journey i can't lie okay. and like obviously um i'm gonna be releasing a song soon as well a single so you know just just doing my bits nice and what sort of artistic elements have you got what sort of avenue exploring that do you do you feel like you have potential with um just you know it's because i like i love like writing songs and i just you know that's been one of my hobbies Ever since, like, I was literally a child, <laughs> I used to rap so many songs, like, when I was a child. And, you know, it was just, it just became, like, something that I want to do myself as well. Like, you know, create, be creative. It's nice that you can have your space, have your time, have your pen, have your paper, have your ideas and write it down. Find a bit rhythm, find a beat and just collaborate it all together. Yeah, literally, that's all I do. Um and obviously, like, I know how to, like, do the sound engineer and stuff as well. So I don't really need a lot of, like, I, know I don't need people to do this. So, you know, I do it for myself, can't lie. Um, but, yeah, I just, I just have fun with it, I can't lie. 100%. And those vibes, those inspirations, what, 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 how do you create your music? What inspiration do you take? What vibes do you make? You know what? I write songs on the day I feel like writing songs. So it's like, I'm feeling like this. I'm feeling happy today. I'm going to write this the happy type of song. You know, I'm feeling it's a, it's a dead day today. I'm going to write this type of song. Like, it's just, it depends on the day and how I feel. So do, so, you, do you have a specific genre at all? I, I don't think I would do rock or classic. But other than that, like I do Afro, I do drill, I do, you know, rap. But obviously, I got I got a lot of songs that ha- that hasn't come out yet. I've only released like two, three songs. That's good. Um, I mean, supposedly in the past it- three years, bro, four years. So it's not good. <laughs> it's really not good. But you know, we're coming back this year. We're coming back strong this year. So if we're coming back strong then this year, do you think I could potentially get another interview with you when a few songs have been released a bit more? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like um, I'm down for that. Like uh, you know. It's going to be coming out, event, hopefully, by the 18th of February. So save that date. 18th, 18th of February. February uh, 2023, my song will be released on Spotify, all of that. Have we got Amazing a title for the song? Out. Are we allowed a title? Are we allowed a preview? Oh, I don't know what I want, Chief. You'll see when it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, make sure to follow my socials. Y-O-S official without the... It's very hard to co- it's very complicated with, to spell it. So it's O F F I C A L. The links will be down in the bottom yeah. of this podcast. The click that. Make sure to click that, fam. Come on, support the boy. We'll do that. Right. You did say that um, you are fairly good at game shows. You've done a good variety on a variety of different TV channels and media platforms. 
Mm. I've got a little quiz for you, Yoss. Are you ready? Oh, Lord. Let's go. Are you ready? (laughs) Let's go. Yeah, let's get it, fam. Right. Question number one. Which animal is on the Toblerone logo? Is it Jesus Christ. Is it A, a bear, B, a dolphin, or C, an elephant? I can't lie. I don't even know what that is. I'll say I'll say C fam. I'll go with the elephant. See an elephant. The next time you look at a Toblerone, you will be examining the wrapping paper. It's actually a a bear. A a bear is on the Toblerone wrapping paper. If you have a look closely next time you're in the store or when you're off this call, just type into Google Toblerone bear and you'll and you'll you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. Wow! Wait, no way. What? There was no, there's no animals, bro. What are we talking about? I'll let you have a look at that in your own time. Anyway, for the meantime, let's move on to question number two. All right, you know what? Let's do that here. Reality game show Big Brother is returning to our screens this year. But how many episodes since the year 2000 have there been on the UK series? Is it A, 1,074? B, 1,264, or C, 1,333? I'll go... I'll go C. 1,333? Yeah. Have you watched a lot of Big Brother yourself? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Like, literally, I don't don't watch Big Brother, but yeah. Well, the answer is A, 1,074 episodes of Big Brother have been released. So it's coming back. It's going to be on ITV this year. And the eye's going to be watching no matter where you are. And I'm so excited for Big Brother myself. Yeah, come on. Um, I don't really watch Big Brother, but, you know. No worries. Something that you might need to take inspiration from and you might do a little bit better here is question number three. Yeah, well gone. What type of pastry are profiteroles made from? Is it A, shortbread, B, shoe, or C, phyllo? Yeah, shortbread, fam. Shortbread for profiteroles. Hey, listen. Whatever that is, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that profiteroles is. What's, what's profiteroles? You've never had profiteroles. Yeah, what is that? It's Remember? Ba- it's basically uh, some chocolate stuffed inside a type of pastry with cream in it. Oh, no, 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 no. It's so nice. It's so nice. I definitely recommend you try it or at least have a look at it on Google with um, the, the animal that is on the Toblerone. Those are the two things you need to look at. But the type of pastry that are on profiteroles, A, shortbread, B, shoe, or C, phyllo, you're going for... Wait, what? The type of of pastry on profiteroles are made from A, shortbread, B, shoe... Oh, yeah, I'm going to A. Yeah, I'm going A. Or C, phyllo, you're going for... A. Shortbread. That is... Incorrect. 
the wrong answer, unfortunately. Of course, of course, of course. It was, of course. It was B, shoe. But if you haven't tried profiteroles, I'm not going to blame... Well, I'm going to blame you for not trying profiteroles, but don't worry on that hey. one. You've still got some more questions to make up a good score here, Yoss. Oh, my Lord. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Okay, okay. These are all related around game shows, food, current events as well. So nothing okay. too much out of your basket. Cool. Yes. What, question. A couple of them were out of my basket. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> question number four. What has more calories per 100 grams? A banana, an apple or a strawberry? Per 100 grams, so it's all equal weight. What has more calories? I'll say a banana, you know. Banana, strawberry or apple? Banana. Banana, yeah? Yeah. That is... I'll say banana. Don't do that, don't do that. Correct, it's correct, it's correct, you've got it. It's because, yeah, the only reason I know this is because, obviously, I drink protein shake for... Because I go to gym and stuff. So I just add banana in my protein shake and it just works <laughs> and it tastes nice, did it? <laughs> well, a banana so, has 89 calories, a strawberry has 33 and an apple is in the middle of those two with 52 calories. But okay. yes, you got that right. You got that right. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> are, are you ready for another question, Yoss? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. Bring it on. Let's go. Let's go. Question number five. Which bread ingredient causes the bread to rise? Is it A, flour? Is it B, sourdough? Or is it C, yeast? Yeast. I know that one. My mum makes it. My mum makes it. I know it's yeast. You know it's yeast. So you, can't, you, you sound confident on this. I'm confident on this one. Well, you're right to be confident because it is the correct answer. Oh, right. light work. That is like, what are we talking about? What? You're on a trot here, Yoss. You're on a yeah, trot. Yeah, man's two, on it, bro. Come on. Two in a row. Will you make it three out of three for these last three questions? Please, please. Just just, just, just try it, bro. Come on. It's not like me. Okay. Okay. Oh. Question number six. Are you ready? Yeah, come on. Let's go for Bring it. it. Can we get three in a row? You've featured on Sky Vegas's The Vault, as we've been discussing. But mm. when was Sky Vegas launched? When was Sky Vegas launched? Was it A, 1997? Was it B, 2003? Or C, 2005? I'd say 2005 because when was Sky even about? Fam? I don't even know when Sky was created. No problem. So you I'll, I'll, I'll say 2000. No, actually, 2003, I'll say. 2003. 1997, not only have you won eight grand from them, you now know when they were released and launched. Come on, 2003, 2003. baby. Sky One was 1982. Sky Sports was first on our screens in 1991. 
Sky Arts was the year 2000, and Sky Atlantic was 2011. There's lots of different channels there that Sky created over a course of a different period of time. So mm. to get 2003, well done, Yoss. Well done. Palm one. What? So what is that? Six out of three? Correct. Three out of six. Yeah, that Correct. One. You've got three yeah. right and three wrong. So uh, you know what? It's 50-50, man. Let's it's make right. it up on these final four, yeah? Yeah. Come on. Question. Wait, we've got... Okay, so let's, let's go. Question number seven. There was a lot of controversy last year regarding the 2022 World Cup being hosted in Qatar. But how many goals were scored? Mm. All together. All together across the tournament, how many goals were scored? Was it A, 142? Was it B, 172? Or was it C, 202? How many goals were scored? I'll say 172. How many goals I'll say scored 172. at the 2022 World Cup in Qatar? <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> 172, baby. <laughs> Please. Yes. The time has come Don't. to tell me whether you're right or wrong. You've got... Was this a guess or was this knowledgeable? I promise you this is a guess. And <laughs> well, I got nothing to me. <laughs> if, if it's a guess, you've got a 33% chance in getting this right. Yeah. And I want to tell you, you have got it right. You have got it right. What? That's correct. No 172 oh, goals were scored in the 2022 World Cup. Yeah, I can't lie. The thing is, that's 200 is ridiculous, bro. Like, you know what I mean? It so, was you the know... most goals scored in a World Cup, though. I have no clue. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm telling you this. <laughs> Don't worry, you've got four. Oh, no four way. now. You've got four. Are we ready? That's to... the highest it's ever been. Yeah. 172. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, there were a lot of mad goals and mad games and comebacks as well. So we got to thank our footballers for that. You know what? The only reason is I didn't go for the highest one is because I like, you know, there wasn't that many goals, to be honest. There wasn't a ridiculous amount of goals that was scored. Mm. So, you know. I was just like, yeah, let me just go for the middle. <laughs> well, the group stage, the playoff finals, the penalties, the everything else in between, there was a lot of controversy and obviously VAR is playing a big part of our football mm. world nowadays. But the main thing is you got it right and we can move yeah, on, on to question number eight. Are you ready? Mm. I'm ready. British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has been fined for not wearing a seatbelt in a moving car as he uploaded a video to Instagram. But okay. when was the law of wearing a seatbelt in the car for a driver and a front seat passenger introduced? Oh, Lord. <laughs> was it A, 1963? Was it B, 1973? Or was it C, 1983. When was the law of wearing a seatbelt in the car for a driver and front front seat passenger introduced? Oh my days! I thought it was gonna see, bro. I didn't know it was that long ago. Let me not lie. Like I thought it was like a recent thing, like 2000. I'm like one or something. Um, I'll say I'll say the bottom one. What's that? What's the last one? 
That's crazy, you know. That is crazy. Five hours, though. You know how long that is? Five hours, 45 minutes. Yeah, long six day. Six hours of gameplay. Long, long day. Hey. So, coming to our final question, Jos. You're I... currently on a six-question streak of getting questions correct. <laughs> But, but. On a six-question streak of getting these questions right, but can you get the last one? Ooh. Are you ready? Yeah, man's ready. Man's born ready. Yeah. Let's I mean, regardless, I'm winning, so, <laughs> you know. Question number 10. King Charles III is to get coronated on the 6th of May, 2023. But how old was the Queen when she was coronated? Long day. Was it A, 24 years of age, B, 27 years of age, or was our late Queen 31 years of age when she got coronated? Nah, she, she was 20, 22 or... 20, yeah, she was young, didn't it? She was young, fam. I remember. You're, were you alive? I think then? so. No, I wasn't. No, but like, like I remember, like the news saying, "Oh yeah, you know when she died." What are you trying to say, fam? I'm not. I'm oh, you not just bloody said that remember, innit? What the <laughs> No, it's because I remember it from a TV, like from the TV that they were talking about on the news recently. I think, and I think, I think, I think I had 22, or the, like the 20s, like her earlys, mm. her early 20s. We've got A 24, B 27, yeah, 24, 24. or C 31. Yeah, 24, bro. 24, 100%. 100%? Uh, not 100%, but like, you know, you know, it's 60-40 right now. 60-40. And is this something you know, or is this something that, again, is a bit of a stab in the dark? It's it's a stab in the dark, but I've, I think I heard it on the news saying, you know, what age she was. Okay. She became a queen, basically, so. The answer of A24 is... The wrong answer. I'm sorry, y'all. It's alright, it's alright. It's like what, man? It's B27. Although she became queen at 25 in 1952, her coronation actually took place on the 2nd of June in 1953, which made her 27 years young when this happened. Wow. So technically, 24 was right. Technically, well, technically, she became queen at twenty-five. So ah, uh, yeah, but that's one year off. Twenty-five wasn't there, well, so well. you know, twenty-four is the closest number. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll put this to our independent adjudicator. <laughs> Which in this instance, uh, is man, me. What, do you, what do you think of this? <laughs> hey, people in the comments, man, <laughs> I want to hear what your thoughts. <laughs> well, yes, thank you so much for taking part in that quiz. You got six out of ten right, so. In in hindsight, you are above average. Come on, that's yeah. what we like to hear. You got six out that's of ten. How I you want... feel on that? Listen, I might not be the greatest chef here, but questions like this, I get lucks sometimes. You know, I can't lie. None of the questions I knew, like I I, I did not know the answers to. Well, you so, got six in a row. You literally got all six in the row. I swear, it's all luck. If if there was no option like ABCs. I would be. I don't even know. I don't even think I'll speak English. <laughs> I swear that. <laughs> so can I can I be a good game show host? How do you, how do you think I did? Let's let's yeah, hundred percent, bro. You might you might as well you know you might as well create a game show, bro. Just you know YouTube thing. 
get, get, it, get Chunks I'm to sign me up. Can you get on that? I, uh, get on the Insta. I uh, Chunks. I don't know if you're going to be watching this when I share it, but you know, yeah, just, just you know. Oh, thank you so much, though, Thank you so much for your time today on What in the World with me, Oli Dennett. I really appreciate your time, your knowledge, your Come experience. Oli, thank you, thank you. Thank you for having me. That's, you know, that's amazing. It's a great opportunity. Thank you so much, Yoss, for chatting to me all about game shows and taking part in your very own one. Six out of ten. Not a bad effort, but just shows even the best of us can brush up on our skills and improve for next time. From the enjoyment to the nerves and the potential big rewards, with no risk, suppose there is no reward. Speaking of rewards and bettering ourselves, sometimes we just don't feel ourselves. Whether that be a certain day, whether that be a certain time, whether that be a certain reason we're down in the dumps and just feeling a bit glum. I wanted to highlight this and we can better ourselves. We can be okay. It's so tricky to feel 100% all the time and I wanted to highlight Blue Monday. Blue Monday occurs on the third Monday of the year, and in 2023, this date was Monday the 16th of January. The reason it is described as blue is due to the financial pressures looming over Christmas, whether that be the weather that takes a turn for the worst, and maybe we have put on a bit of weight over the Christmas festive period, and we are struggling to lose this. This results in one of the lowest moods of the whole year, and I therefore asked, how do you shake off the blues? I deal a bit by doing sports and just like keeping active. Play video games, keep myself busy. Um, unfortunately, Overwatch, but uh, there you go. Started playing Valorant recently. So, hi, my name's Evie. I combat the blues by exercising. I think that's one of the main ones. And talking to friends. And, yeah, just journaling as well. That really helps. Those are my three tips. So, it's Blue Monday today. How do you feel like you combat the blues, feeling down, depressed, lonely? Stop watching Liverpool. Turn Liverpool off and watch Everton. It's funnier watching Everton, so come for that. <laughs> that's quite a tough one at this moment in time because I think in January that's when you kind of personally reflect on things that have been hard in the previous year. And I think for me, I've just applied to a new job and I'm trying to kind of forward think and kind of look at the positives and try and basically create some positives in my life and that's the way I try and combat it by just doing something proactive and uh, I tend to not watch any news agendas political you know articles read articles with politics because that can be quite depressing in itself so it's blue Monday today I'm asking people how they combat loneliness and feeling down and sort of getting out of the blues how do you do that um, I, I just sleep and play video games. Um, I play a lot of like Souls likes, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, recent one I finished was like Elden Ring. Um, really good game. Distracts me from everything. So first, you need to think your future. Don't too negative. Maybe you can talk to some, it's very good suggestion you to talk to some people and then to share your feeling. Don't just, don't never, never focus on your negative thinking. Because I'm a newcomer, I'm from Hong Kong, and then I have been here only one year, but I find that so, here in Manchester, so many poor people, so many homeless people, they need help 
they need help. When they face this problem, I think they have these problems. I, but uh, I hope the council or the Manchester, some uh, the city council, they can get they they can deploy some people or some person resource to help these people in this critical moment. So today's Blue Monday, I'm asking people how they combat feeling down, feeling depressed, feeling lonely. What's your way of combating the blues? Um, I would say I like to work out, which helps me mentally, I'd say. Drink lots of water, that always helps. I try and be around people as well. I think if I'm on my own sometimes, it can make it worse, whereas if I get busy, get stuck in work, then I'm all right. <laughs> um, I'm not going to lie, I stay in and I sit and watch sitcoms because I like to have warmth on the screen rather than, like, if I don't have it myself, I get it from entertainment and media. Um, I feel like it depends. If I'm actually sad about something, I'll try and speak about it, but I kind of struggle doing that, so I don't know. I feel like just distract myself, just sort of like any kind of, like, activity or, like, hobby. So, um, it's Blue Monday today. I'm asking people how they combat feeling down, feeling depressed, feeling lonely, picking themselves back up again. How do you do that? I usually go and spend time with friends, kind of get out of my own head and, like, socialise and things. I've got plans to go out tonight, so I think that'll help. Definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, definitely speaking to people, like, I feel like don't just sit in, like, you go out to get a coffee, like, literally just go on a walk somewhere. Um, yeah, like, it's, it's quite sunny today, to be fair, so, yeah, just coming out going on a walk's been a good. Wow. It's always amazing to hear from you, no matter what topic I'm discussing, no matter how we're thinking, no matter how we're feeling. But with Blue Monday, I feel it's that extra bit important to speak about how we're thinking and how we're feeling because there isn't a right time to think about it. There isn't a wrong time to discuss it. This literally is happening and is going on all the time. A stat from Campaign to End Loneliness claimed 3.3 million of us in Britain were chronically lonely between the three months of December 21 and February 2022. Additionally, another million of us between the ages of 16 to 29, were chronically lonely. I think everyone deserves their time, everyone deserves their voice. So to hear positive ways to improve the well-being and mental health of ourselves or other people is crucial, no matter what time of year. Now, my next guest on What in the World has had such an eventful year, from an application to an experience that has become life-changing. Late last year, BBC aired a brand new reality game show that immersed 22 strangers into a castle in the Highlands of Scotland. With an eye-watering prize of up to £120,000, it's safe to say it got the nation talking. This was, of course, The Traitors. With millions tuning in, episode after episode, challenges both physically, mentally and psychologically, Series 1 was absolutely gripping. Branded the best ever ending by Yorkshire Live. So thrilling your heart wouldn't stop hammering by The Guardian and TV event of 2022 by The Telegraph. This had it all. To find out more, I spoke with Traitors contestant Andrea Addison to find out what it took. My name is Andrea Addison and you might just have seen me with many others on the recent BBC One uh, fabulous reality show called The Traitors. 
And what made you apply for the Traitors? Was it something that someone else maybe said, oh, Andrea, look at this, this is a new game show? Or was it someone that yourself you saw online? How did how did this all come about? No, I didn't see it online. I do have a, a very good school friend of mine who lives in California, and she's terribly up for games. And she sort of suggested... Uh, she suggested looking around, and actually about that time, I got uh, an email from Studio Lambert saying they were doing a new game. And I thought, what the fuck, let's let's try. Um, so that's what I did. Well, I didn't know what it was about. I really didn't particularly know what it was about. It was at the right time. Because it was Series 1, did you sort of look back at any other game shows, reality shows that have been coming around, whether that's Studio Lambert, The Circle, I know they do... Um, whether there was any techniques or skills that maybe your friends said, oh, Andrea, do this, play it this way, do that way. Did you have any advice going into this? Ollie, the short answer is no. <laughs> Absolutely no. I had no... I mean, some people did arrive. With, I think somebody arrived with nine or ten pages of notes. No, I had no idea. I just said, oh, this, will be, this is fun. I've never done this. Let's go. Um, as easy as that, I'm afraid. When you applied, did you sort of submit the application and then forget about it? Was it something that you have? Have you done a game show before? Was it something no, that no. you're used to? No, I've never done a game show before. It takes a very long time, the whole application. It's extremely thorough. So uh, I think you begin with a video, you send a video, and then suddenly maybe you get someone saying, we'd like to speak to you on the phone, and you speak on the phone. You go through a whole lot of stuff until suddenly you have to do a Zoom. And I always did a Zoom over a friend of mine. Um, and then it just, it, it's very rigorous. I can't think of anything that I've done that's as rigorous as this. I mean, lots of videos of, you know, you in your normal life. So, yeah, it's, it's a big thing. Wow. And I suppose maybe you don't sort of have those videos and pictures to hand or information to hand initially. So you might have to go away, come back and give the information that they might provide or need. No, you don't have any of that. To, I had none of that to hand. So I was going around my little village sort of, can I just make a video of you, um, you know, mucking out the cows or whatever. So, yeah, nothing to hand. All oh, I done. love that. And what was your reaction when you when you got told, Andrea, you're going to be on the show? Well, how, how did you react? What, what were you feeling? Shall I tell you the real story about this? Because it's slightly funny. Um, in I, For some reason, I thought it was in September. Don't ask me why. I just thought it was in September. I have animals. I had everything set up for September just in case. And then um, we got a rather strange message in May to say, please don't change your hairstyle, which I thought was odd. And then I was having the last that turned out conversation with someone on let's say a Tuesday and I did say when is this starting and they said this weekend wow. so uh, wow. yes exactly um I said we said I, I have no idea whether I can come I really don't know whether I can come <laughs> that evening I had all sorts of people ringing me up from Studio Lambert and say we're terribly sorry because you didn't have to get time off work somehow you slipped through the net um and I was just I said well if the person taking my dogs can't have them, then I can't come. And in actual fact, that was that, that was okay. So it was a bit of a rush, put it like that. No, no great preparations, Ollie. And 
What, was there any sort of possessions that you could bring? Obviously, you're staying away from home, away from your family, away from your pets for, I don't know how long the filming was, but it's a considerable amount of time to not see your relatives or those that you love. Was there anything that you could bring to your side just to make it that homely environment throughout throughout the, the, the show? Well, you mean like a teddy bear or something? Well, probably you could have done. I don't know. I mm. didn't. I mean, I had enough for getting... I had to go and buy a big suitcase. You had to take so many different types of clothes. Um, no. The only thing I did do, I, I kept... I kept a diary because I wanted to keep sort of track of the days in case I was there for, you know, more than one or two days. Um, no, 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 no. You, I mean, you have to have all your medicines. They have to be unopened. There's a whole lot of stuff you have to get to do um, to go off there. Yeah. So I didn't think of, and you, you don't have a phone. It's true. You're not in contact. You are isolated in that way. One thing, uh, do you have a clock on the wall? Do you know what time it is, or or even is that? No, we all we were each, I think, given a clock because we had to know what time to be ready for every morning. Yeah. Uh, but during the day, you couldn't really talk about time because you know it depends how they were going to cut it, etc. And did you did you realise how big the show had become after it aired when it was airing? Did you did you finish filming and think, ah, oh, this might not be too big? But considering it was BBC One, considering it was nine pm, considering it's that prime time slot, did did Claudia, did Studio Lambert, did BBC, did the team sort of say, guys, this might be quite something? Yeah, um, we were very lucky. We we all met together to have a the first episode in a pre screening in London, and um, I think then. We already knew because we were looked after very well afterwards by, by the welfare team. And they were saying, you know, this is going really well. We're looking at it. It's fantastic. Da, 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 da. And you say, yeah, OK, you know, that's TV. That's how people talk, maybe. But when we went to the pre-screening, I think it was pretty obvious that BBC and Studio Lambert were jumping up and down with excitement. And, I mean, come on, how about the end? What more do you want before Christmas than a fairy tale end like that? Brilliant. That had I don't me think great. I was watching that. What, did, did you all have a final pre-screening as well? You talked about a, the first episode. Where were you for the final? Or where, were the, no. where was everyone else that got like eliminated? Were they all together? Did, did you all go back home at that stage? What? Well, after after we'd met for the first, for the pre-screening of episode one, yeah, we all went back to our respective homes and looked at But we're very much in touch. We have a fantastic WhatsApp group of everybody. Everybody is on group sometimes it goes crazy you know sometimes you can get 500 messages it depends um and we all agreed to support each other if anyone got any hate mail or whatever um so yeah that's it is a family there's no other way around it that's, um that's so nice the fact that you've got that family environment and the fact that you are living with each other 24 hours a, a day really aren't you Yes, it's very hard to describe for people who haven't lived through that, you know, why you cry, why you're so emotional, because that sort of very close environment breeds that. And that, that's everybody cried. I think everybody, everybody had their melt moments. Yeah. Did you, did you feel that although you were a big family and you were sort of in that environment, was it quite difficult to find out the pressure of 
being in the game or did you get used to that aspect day after day after day? Did that sort of become normal? I'm here now, let's go. Yeah, I, th I think the latter. I, you know, you're, you're, you, you've got nothing else you're doing. You, you can't speak to sort of anybody outside. So, yeah, you know, and it was it was very, it was hard afterwards because you suddenly didn't, you know, you were defamilied, if you like. Wow. There you were back in your life. Yeah, you um, sort of knew without these people else. for all these many months and then at the click of a button, as soon as the final's sort of been filmed, that's that's sort of it, I presume. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. But but it's nice though, you've got that WhatsApp, you've got that contact, you keep in touch whenever you whenever you can. And the fact that there's there was twenty two of you at the beginning, that WhatsApp must always be going round and churning through through some sort it of message. Is. I'm, I'm not in London tonight, but I think about eighteen of us are in London tonight invited to a musical called Six. Um, to the press, the press night, and they're all meeting. You know, I, I just couldn't get there, but mo most of us are there. Yeah, um, so we do try to meet. I've, um, I'm hoping people will come over here when the weather gets nicer. Mm, totally. I, I presume at this type of type of year, though, when it's sort of the damp season, you want to go somewhere a bit warmer. You want to get out of England and escape. Although. You did film in Scotland. Was that your first visit to Scotland? No, it wasn't. I, I've been in Scotland a number of times. The last time I was in Scotland, I must say, my father, my father, and my mother were they were in a hotel having a holiday. My father literally jumped up a wall and fell back, um, massive stroke, and died that afternoon. So the very last time I was in Scotland was to go and collect my mother to bring her down to the south. Um, at this time, it was in the Highlands. It was absolutely wonderful. I must say. Oh, I'm so so happy you enjoyed the experience as well because I know that there must be what 101 emotions going through your head when you're in the middle of it all. There are many, many, but we were very, very lucky. Let's talk about Scotland. Scotland, it can rain. You can be eaten alive by mosquitoes and midges and everything. We had none of that. We were so, so lucky. And it was beautiful. Oh, that's amazing. Even from watching it on TV, when... Claudia opened the castle doors and you guys were sort of looking around thinking, whoa, well, this is going to be my new house for the next however many days. Sitting at home, I was like, oh, wow, I can't wait to see. Oh, well, there's a there's a games room. There's this room. There's that room. You, you've got communal space. You've got a breakaway space if you need to. It, it seemed like it had everything. I think, I mean, they, they, they really did us proud. What can I say? It was, it was a big budget. The um, the American traitors were shot in the same place just before, uh, the weeks before us, with the same games except for one. So it was shared costs, and I think the Americans probably put in perhaps considerably more. That I don't know. But it did help to have shared costs. And it was fantastic. Fantastic capital, uh, fantastic welfare team. You have people around you literally 24-7 to look after you. Oh, that's so nice, the fact that you feel like even though you, you don't have your friends and family, there are alternative friends and family that act like it and come together as one. We couldn't have been better looked after. I mean, I love, I think we all love the welfare people. They were just, they were there. Their job was to look after us. And if you, uh, it didn't happen for me, but some people, I think, you know, if you had a terrible time at four o'clock in the morning, you get someone from welfare. Oh, Not nice. bad. So it was a 24-hour team then? I think so, yes, as yeah. far as I know. I mean, I, I didn't have to call on them, so I, I can't 
Mm. I swear for that, but I think so, yeah. Yeah. And talking about the game aspects, you had the banishment and the round table, and those two things were very heightened as a viewer. Can you explain what it was like as a player? <laughs> well, we loved the day doing the missions, and then everyone's heart would sink because you had to go into the round table. And actually, if you watch the programme, you'll see that we we realised it's very cold in there, in the round table. So people were putting on more and more you know, clothes. And it was, the round table was miserable. There's no two ways about it. It's um, it's meant to be that. Um, and you, you know, felt very lucky if you escaped not being banished. Um, and then you all dispersed afterwards and someone got murdered in the night and there wasn't a lot you could do about that. It was very, very, very tiring for the people who had to be traitors. Really seriously tiring. Oh my word! So you literally, when was the cut? Like, did, did was there a voice of God that said, "Andrea, you can go to sleep"? Like, because you must have just been in anticipation. Oh, am I going to get banished? Am I going to get banished? When will I know? In the morning is the answer to that. Really? Wow. Yeah, you, you don't know. You, you go to sleep. I mean, I was very tired most of the time. I was so tired one one night. I. We had big beds, lovely bed in the bedroom. That was most of the bedroom was a bed. Yeah. I got up, had a little pee, came back and totally missed the bed and went crashing down onto the floor. I mean, you're just that tired. Anyway. <laughs> wow, it sounds like such a nice, well, an experience to say the least. But what were the emotions going through your head and also the other players when you banished or or a round table when a faithful was found and they had to say, Tom, you're eliminated, for example, or you're faithful, are you a traitor? When he yeah. said, oh, I'm a faithful, what, what played out in your mind? Oh, well, I mean, we, we, goodness, we banished from our faithfuls. Um, to begin with, as far as I'm concerned, I can only speak for myself, you have no idea. There's a lot of luck. You know, it's ridiculous to say, Nikki, you didn't you didn't drink from your cup like we all did when the when the blindfolds came off. Therefore, you are a traitor. Uh, you, you don't have any idea. Um, so I think you have to take that that it's a big shame. We've got it wrong again. You know, blow that. Um, we're trying to do the best we can, and I think nobody took it really personally if they were banished. I feel like that's or, important, though, as well. When, sorry? I feel like that's important. They didn't take it personally un and understood it was a game. And that's what, yeah. ultimately, that's what you're there to play. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I know as it got on and we got through, I, I can remember one conversation with Wilf. And we're sitting there, I said, Andrew, they're not really dead. They are not really dead. I said, no, they're not. But they are. I mean, both of them were really glum about this because it was the reality for us um, yeah you know you it is the game everyone's playing the game and we did also every now and again we'd be saying it's just a game it's just a game guys um so we did our best i think i think that's the thing to perhaps that's what came through very much as well everybody was doing their best what was your experience then when you finally did catch a traitor the first one being Alyssa what was the emotion then in comparison to getting rid of the faithfuls how did you feel what were you thinking what were the others sort of emotions 
uh, I know. I know. If we watch the show, we see see it. But what what what's going on in the headspace with everyone? Well, you, you, I mean, you're pretty pleased, aren't you? That's the game. The game is to the game is to amass money, get rid of traitors, divide the money between the faithfuls. That is the game. You're really pleased. You're very sorry for whoever it is. Um, you know, I I actually. I was very cross. I wanted, I really wanted to be a traitor. But after about day, I don't know, four, let's say, I, I just realised I couldn't have done it. It was not because it was physically, it was physically very hard. It was emotionally, you know, it was emotionally very, very hard. And I think I probably would have left the game. So I'm very, very pleased oh. that I wasn't selected to, was considered to be too old and too compassionate. And they're right. I wasn't too old, actually. I could have physically, I could have done it. It's just the compassion. Mm. And I feel like if you were a traitor, then, and in, in mm. the early days that you think that you might have been able to handle it, how would you have sort of played it? Would you have played it differently? Would your body language would have changed? Would you have had different conversations? I, I, that's an impossible question to answer. I, the answer is I don't know. No, I don't think I'd have played it perhaps any differently. Um, you're obviously going to be different when you're doing your interviews, like Amanda, for instance, you know, talking about it. You, you'd say different things to the things that, if you're a faithful, you say in your interviews in that chair. Um, I don't think so. It's it's very hard to say. I mean, now looking back, I could again say, yes, I wanted to be a traitor. But as I just explained to you, when you're in it, it's it's not like that. You And you are... What's fascinating about it and what I think could really be something to study in psychiatry, psychology, psychiatry lessons, is what, what happens when you are kept together as a group and pressure is put on you and you're isolated. And it, it, it is absolutely fascinating. And we are, um, it, it's a unique experience. Those people, for me, they're in my heart. There's no other way to, to say it. I think I remember the episode when you were all around a rectangular table and it was the trust, so uh, everyone had to stand up. Who do you trust most? Who do you trust most? Who do you? And there was just that heartwarming moment that I, I certainly wish I could just come and hug the TV. And and I, I know Wilf did give you a hug there on that on that moment, but even as viewers, as a collectiveness watching it there and then, it was just sort of oh, that's so nice because when. For for me, I'm currently not living with my family and everything. So being away from being away from my family is kind of something that I'm used to since university. But then going away in an outside location, having those friends that treat you like family and bring you in, even though it is all a game, that just must be incredible just to know that they're there. After it was finished, on a Sunday, I couldn't see myself very clearly, going off to the supermarket, getting some food in, driving back along the motorway, suddenly starting to punch the air and saying, I did it, I did it. And then I burst into tears, simply saying, where is everybody? Where are we? Where are we? It's that strong. Wow, that's incredible. And did you feel like that family dynamic was there within the traitors? And if so, which role of the family did you sort of play compared to other people within the group? Oh, Ollie, think. Which role am I going to play? Come on. <laughs> Don't be a wanker. <laughs> Come 
<laughs> my role is fairly obvious, I would have thought. Did you yeah. feel like having that, that grandma role w- was your place to be? No problem. I mean, I had many roles. Um, I've still got many roles from... Andrea, are you a psychic? I think you're a psychic. We know you're a spy. Uh, or you were a spy. Um, oh, I, 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 there, are, there are a number of them. It depends who's speaking. We just, you know, I always say no comment, no comment. So you, you, everybody has lots of roles. <laughs> but the best role of all is the role of us together. Oh, that's so wholesome just to hear that. But do you, do you think it... Although that everyone was together, was it as psychological as we see it on TV? Well, in a way, no, because we're together, let's say, 14 hours a day. You do not speak, spend 14 hours a day talking about who's a traitor. You spend comparatively little time. Uh, you spend a lot more time sort of sharing jokes or sharing bits of your life or talking about your family or whatever. Um, so... And, and people people come out with all sorts of things because we're in this community. Um, you got to know people intimately in the way that, in a way, in one way you're quite naked. It's rather like if you remember when you went to school and the people you knew at school, you actually know forever because you know something very, very basic about them. And that, I think, is what happened to us. Yeah, I can, I can imagine that sort of community afterwards was was strong whether it's there in in the show or whether it's not but when you have sort of uh, someone else playing a different game the traitor game did you ever think that will amanda or Alyssa was a traitor when when did the, when did your sort of ideas come about about them well if you listen i think i was the first person at the round table to propose Alyssa. um uh, quite early on i mentioned will and amanda that's true. And then, I mean, you have to you have to sort of play, a little, well, a bit of a gliding game, keeping under the radar. Um, I thought as soon as Amanda, I refused to vote for Amanda. I totally convinced it was her, but I absolutely just refused to vote for her. And when I refused to vote, I'd vote for Hannah because I knew nobody else. That was quite safe. And then I'd apologise to Hannah afterwards. Um, it, once, when you know it's Amanda, it can only be Will. It can't be, it's the BBC for a start. You cannot have three women, it's not Macbeth. You cannot have two estate agents. Imagine what the Association for Estate Agents would do. Kieran wasn't there all the time. It's true, I hadn't really thought about Kieran having been co-opted. Kieran wasn't there all the time. It had to be the one remaining guy standing was Will. So it absolutely had to be him, which is, I suspect, why I was murdered that night, because Will knew I would have made everything to get him out the following day and the and i'm pleased i'm pleased actually because the result probably wouldn't have been the same you know maybe we wouldn't have spotted kieran and it would have been the fairy tale that it actually was because the first time that kieran got summoned by will so to speak was your your banishment that was the first decision that they had to make i know i know kieran was very upset about it uh, I don't think Wilf was very pleased. I wasn't very pleased with Wilf. I have to say, I sent him a message very quickly, you know, um, because he, Wilf, John and Amos were my angels from the very first day. So I de-angeled him. 
<laughs> and then I put him back. And we speak all, we speak quite often late at night on the phone and things. Uh, and he's going to come over with his wife and two girls, probably at half term, I think, in February. Oh, that's incredible. So, very fond of Wilf. But I was, you know, I sort of, I, I sent him a message. Yeah, I just sent him a message. I've just de-angeled you, you know, uh, and some swear words and stuff. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. It's nice that you've got that relationship still. And the other thing that obviously the show is very, that, that's a big part of the show, are the challenges. There was one challenge every episode. And what was your favourite or least favourite and why? My absolute favourite challenge was the sheep, because that was just, first of all, it was much easier. And secondly, you know, we identified them, etc. One was Andrew. Very, um, and then because we we were the best, we had to herd them. And I actually know about sheep. I've worked with sheep. So I asked everyone to go around and tell the others, don't shout, don't encourage, silence. And we just quietly drove them in. And we got them in in 40 seconds. And they'd allowed two minutes or something for it. So that was really, and that was just nice. The worst challenge? Oh, I think... Oh. Although it had lovely bits to it, it was very funny and afterwards it was lovely, but that nasty, um, wretched escape hovel was absolutely mortal. I mean, it was so cold, that water, and it was so hard. And you had um, Aaron and Theo, the other side. Theo, Theo, who couldn't, just couldn't handle anything, just had his face in his hands. And Aaron, who's a vegan, kept saying, I'm a vegan, I'm a vegan. And he said, being a vegan, just get the things in the pail. It's freezing here. It was it was so cold. Oh, so, so the temperature really did play a part on whether you enjoyed it or whether you whether you didn't. Because I was thinking, how about the challenges where they ask you, or when you were on the road in that what was it, the big jeep? You're in three big jeeps, and they said, "Oh, we're in Landis." No, we didn't have any buses. We had Landis. Yes, we're in the Landis. True or false? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that was that was OK. Uh, we'd had to do a questionnaire early in the morning and it was based on that. Mm. Uh, and yeah, I was I was pissed off that we didn't we didn't win because the landy behind us saw us turning round because we'd gone wrong. So they could turn round first and they got there first. And I was really I, was, I complained. We had a sort of... <laughs> um, I was really pissed by that. But anyway, that was that was the game. Sometimes you do just got to say how you feel when you're in the mix of it all and everything's sort of coming at you at 100 miles an hour. You need to you need to know where you stand, where the other players stand and your other team members as well. Yeah, I mean, I think we all, I don't think anybody was shy about expressing how they felt. Mm. You know, in any ways. Um, yeah. And whether it be the round table or whether it be the challenges, does Claudia make this more intense? Um, I think I think we all just loved Claudia, and Claudia, Claudia was just uh, I found a comforting presence. Actually, I mean, I know she wasn't sort of a persona was slightly more um, austere than perhaps on Strictly Come Dancing, but she's lovely and she's very professional. Um, and she sometimes gave tiny little tips. I mean, one. If you remember, we had a challenge when people got buried alive, yes? Yes. And I wasn't buried alive. I had to, well, I was with Amos and Maddie. Um, we had to find Faye and Kieran. Okay. And it involved quite a lot of running, and I really found that hard. 
So afterwards, I went up to Claudia and said, Claudia, if we're going to have another challenge like that and it's running, just, you know, just tell me to stand aside, to be in the other group. And she looked at me and said, Andrew, I said, downtime, time. What? How am I supposed to know downtime means getting buried alive in a coffin? (laughs) (laughs) Totally different meaning on one saying how you can look at it from both sides. Yeah, we knew nothing about the challenge when she was saying downtime. Um, So no, Claudia, Claudia was lovely. And sometimes you just had to listen very carefully to what she said. And sometimes there'd be a little, you know, little clue. Because um, I, I think so, yeah. she presented it very well, considering she would go on for sentence after sentence after sentence with no prompt with, with her. And she'd just be saying certain clues, certain little ideas <laughs> that hopefully triggered something in the players in, in your mind that, that then led you to the next the next task. She's very, very professional and she worked very hard. I mean, you know. She came into breakfast and she went right to the end of when the traitors went to bed. So that's a very, very long day, day after day. So, yeah, I have I have huge respect for her professionalism, like her very much as a person. Um, and we, we just had good laughs with Claude, you know. Yeah, she's lovely. Oh, that's nice. And um, if, although, although everything did seem to go to plan this series, if you were in control of series two, would there be anything that you would change or add? I'd be very worried. <laughs> I'd be very, very worried. How do you cap this? I think they're seriously thinking. I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, I was thinking about it. I wrote to one of the, well, the producer who commissioned this and said, you know, series two is going to be tricky, isn't it? Remember, faulty towers. You, you're no faulty towers. Everyone thinks faulty towers were lots of, lots of episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Faulty towers. There were only twelve episodes. Is that all? Yeah, that's all. We were twelve episodes. Wow. Yeah. I, I you'd never believe that of faulty towers. You sort of think, oh, it went on for ages and had lots of episodes. Not at all. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that they will. It's a winning, winning formula. I'm sure they will try to do a second series, but it's going to be, uh, do you do something completely different? I don't know. Um, I, I was going to say, if I if I were in charge of it, I'd have done a podcast called Later Traitors, and then they would all cu- cu- come and speak about how they felt, what they were doing, and different bits and pieces about the series and anything that they would change. I, I'm surprised in one shape or another that, the, the the team haven't said, oh, Andrea, oh, Wilf, oh, Theo, oh, Amanda, is there anything here that you, you enjoyed, anything you would do differently? They have like a review card. I know it'd be a lot better than just a review card, but... Maybe. I mean, I did offer, personally, I offered if Claudia couldn't do the second series, I'd do it for her. And um, I'd also do the equivalent of It Takes Two. I think in the, if there was a second series, you could you could do an equivalent of It Takes Two. That that you could do, I suspect. I mean, I don't think they did that for the first series of Strictly because I don't think they knew how you know how popular it was going to be. So that just comes later. So um, yes, Claudia or BBC, if you're listening, I will repeat my offer. Um, I'll try and make myself available if Claudia can't do it. And I'll certainly do an It Takes Two equivalent. Uh, how could it be done better? I, it was terribly well done. This, you know, they'd just done 
the same teams, although not the welfare team, but the same camera team and all of that, they'd done it, they'd just done it with the Americans. So they were really, and I think there were something like 12 camera teams. It was very, very big, you know. We were 22 and there were over 200 people around us. Wow. Wow. It's the, huge, the mega. amount of people that were there then. Yeah, not all the time because they were going in relays. I mean, your camera, camera crews are going in relays and everything as for welfare. But it was a lot of people. We were, as I say, we were looked after superbly. Everything, sometimes it took time. It took time for the camera teams to get ready for this or that. That's, that's filming. Um, but everything was, there was only one take. There were no second takes. Um, it's like it's equivalent to being live. Well, it, it wasn't live because it's edited, etc. But lots and lots. I mean, the countless thousands of hours of editing they had to do. I think they did a brilliant job. Yes, they only concentrated on traitors' conversation. There were conversations I would love to have had in. Um, I had I thought a fascinating conversation with Merrill about dwarfism. Um, having children and the capacity, the ability to have children. We had lots of wonderful conversations. They could come out. I mean, they would, I'm sure you could make a lot of different programmes from from the things that were said. Did did you do things like impersonations, discuss other hobbies that you might have? Was there anything there that obviously got cut because it wasn't relevant, but you bonded even further? Oh, yeah, everybody. I mean, yes. Um... As I say, we, we didn't spend most of the time talking about whether so-and-so is a traitor. Um, so, yeah, everybody talked about their hobbies, what they loved. I mean, Will's two girls who are so into Frozen that they sort of turned all his house into a Frozen house. <laughs> it was <laughs> pink glitter everywhere and all sorts of things. So, yeah, I mean, everybody talked about their things. They talked about what they did for a living. Um, Ryan, who does voluntary in ambulance, for instance, as well as being a lawyer. Uh, Wilf, who who's a big fundraiser. Uh, Ivan, who writes books and plays and plays games for a living. Uh, Theo, who wants to work. He was a cheerleader. Alex, who does all sorts of things. Tom, who's a top mu- uh, magician. Really, really, very, very serious. Uh, world-class magician as well as I think having a very successful invented a very successful website or something so everyone had a lot to say wow that's so So nice that everyone's got their background got their own sort of style coming into the show what advice would you give someone if they were applying for series two just be yourselves I I think you you can't be anything else you might think you could um I mean (laughs) Well, I'm not going to tell you a story, but there's a very, very funny story about someone who came in with an invention, and it just went spectacularly wrong, because you you, you can only be yourself. So either you'll fit into... Uh, the casting directors are going to make uh, a team of people, and those people will all be very different. Um, and it may just be that you fit into that team or you don't. And it's no... Don't take it personally. You know, their, their job is to make a, a mixed group of people, which is what I think, I think they did it brilliantly. That's so but nice. it was too extreme. You know, there were many, there were thousands of people apparently who applied, and some people very, very extreme, who perhaps might have produced more drama. 
well, that would it have been as good? Maybe not, because we were just there as real normal people you're going to meet every day in the street. That's so nice, and the fact that you get that personal a- aspect to it. And ha- since coming out of the show, how has your life changed, if if at all? And what are your plans for this coming year now, 2023? Oh, I'd like to do something more, that's for sure. Um, but, I, you know, I mean... <laughs> You know, I'm living. I'm not. I'm living over here. Um, yes, some people know about it, but not not very many. It's not something that's actual. Um, so, uh, some of us are getting recognised in the street. I can't say. You know, I know it's a very small community, so I know lots of people here. Um, that hasn't changed at all. I was fascinated to hear my brother. I have a brother uh, who I don't think particularly enjoyed the show. I don't know. Um, and he rather accusingly said, I've been recognised in the street as your brother. I <laughs> didn't know what to say. I said, well, yeah, um, you know, not my fault, kid. Um, so now I came back to normal life here, you know, doing, doing the things I did before I went and doing them now. I would, so if anybody's listening, yes, I would love to do something else. It was a huge experience. Great fun. I wouldn't have missed it for the world. I feel very privileged to have had this chance. Um, Very, very lucky. So, yeah, I'm up for doing a new adventure. Oh, thank you so much, Andrea. That's amazing, the fact that you've still got that let's go go to you in yourself, in your mindset, and just carrying on from where you left off in in another game show. Yes, yes, yes. I, I don't know if it has to be a game show. I mean, it could be, I don't know could be there's you know um amos was here and he put me on instagram and the whole thing's about andrea and amos should do a travel show i'm up for that if anybody wants to give amos and me a travel show the aa travel show fine i asked amos where he'd like to go we were between peru japan and tibet and he said tibet so i said i don't think that's the right time to go to tibet at the moment Never, we'll never get out if we go in. Um, so, yeah, you know, who knows what's going to happen? That's one of the richnesses of life. So there we are. There we have it. The insight to the traitors, series one. What a interview! What a woman, Andrea Addison. Thank you so much for coming on What in the World and speaking with me. All about game shows. All about your your life. All about what was going through your head, all about other contestants. That was absolutely fabulous. From how to play the game if you wanted to apply to Series 2, to relationships with other cast, from what it took to be in that roundtable conversation, to the feeling of banishment to murder, along with Andrea wanting to be a traitor. I never thought I would be hearing that Andrea wanted to be a traitor. But it just shows when you get into that mindset, when you get into that game, anyone can be anyone that's almost it for another episode of what in the world but to speak with more people to understand more experiences to understand what goes on in your world it's been amazing to chat to you we've spoken to Yoss about game shows as he's given his lowdown on not only his own experience but we've provided him his own game (laughs) literally his own game we've found out what brings you back from the blues as we find out ways that you combat Blue Monday, as well as speaking with Andrea about BBC One hit reality game show, The Traitors. Until next time though, 
I look forward to seeing you, hearing you and making sure that your voice has been heard. Thank you so much, but in the meantime, bye bye.